What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation training camp report. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me on a Friday afternoon, Jason Aponte. What's up, Jason? I'm good. A little bit sunburned. I think that the tan is actually glowing a little bit more. I'm not exactly burnt, but I'm gradually getting there, and I can get back to the East Coast with a nice little tan. It's 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 a win-win. Yeah, that's that's good for everybody. Uh, please, before we get rolling here, we'll give you everything that happened in day eight, but we remind you, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you have, you've gotten training camp reports, you've gotten 49ers in five long-form shows. We're pumping out three pods a day for you, so you know everything that is happening with the team, so please do that. And I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. All right, it is day eight. Let me ask you just a kind of a 10,000 foot view question, because this is something I said with Michelle Majuk on our long form show today. Have we reached the point in training camp where we really can't learn anything more about these players than we already know because they're practicing against the same people, because they're running the same place? Not necessarily. I think that's a fine way to look at it. And I think that that's a, a valid way to look at it. But I don't think necessarily. I think that there are there is steps for growth, especially with the receivers against secondary guys. I think going against certain guys, understanding what they're trying to do, sizing them up and making moves on them, especially for Trey Lance going forward with pressure in his face, going through progressions. I wouldn't necessarily say that we have stopped learning about them. And I think that's what's the beauty of training camp. I think what you get to that, like that last week of camp is where you could start saying, yeah, you know what? This is what they are at this point. I wouldn't want to put a I wouldn't want to put such a blanket statement on everyone at this point after only eight sessions. I'd like to thank Spy Nick Danger watching on the YouTube page. Gave you some fire emojis, Jason. Obviously a big fan. You had an autograph request today at training camp. You are blown <laughs> up. I did. I did. You know, but you know what? Forget that. You know, the, the best part of being in camp was. You know, I was sitting up and someone heard me speaking to someone and the guy turned to me and said, oh, you're Jason Aponte. I was just listening to you and Rob on the way in here. And your voice was the thing that I uh, understood. So I wanted to give you that shout out as well, too, Rob. There we go. I love it. That's good. See, this is the reach we have. This is why if you haven't followed yet, what are you doing? Smash that follow button. I promise we won't let you down. Okay. Day eight of training camp. You know what? They were off Thursday and like, I missed it. I missed it already. Like, don't go away from me. So on day eight, what was the biggest thing that jumped out to you? Today was Elijah Mitchell's best day far and away. I mean, I think that he had a bunch of runs. He looks big. He looked, I don't know what it was about today that he just looked bigger and stronger, but he had a great day today. And Trey Lance probably had one of his better days in terms of short intermediate throws, things that, that, you know, you expect from a Kyle Shanahan offense. Sure. He, he missed on a, two of his four deep attempts, somewhere on one-on-ones, somewhere in 11 on 11s. But one was where, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, I felt, had really good coverage. It wasn't really anywhere he could go with the ball. But I think that Elijah Mitchell clearly had the best day of all of the players today. And I think that this is one of Trey Lance's better practices, better sessions for sure. That's encouraging on the Mitchell front because I feel like he's kind of just been there, like around. No one's ever said anything bad about him. But I was hoping that he would kind of take the next step. And I know that Kyle Shanahan was talking afterwards about, the thing that they want to work with him on this year is squeezing every last drop from a lot of his runs. A lot of the time, if he his if his vision was a little better, there was more meat on the bone. And I, I tend to agree with Kyle. That was something I thought last year, too. So I'm hoping that we get to see that this year with Elijah Mitchell and he takes that next step. 
And today you really saw it. I mean, if if the play just doesn't get slowed down at the end, he has a 90-yard touchdown on one of the first runs. Like, he literally, like, broke through one of the holes. He had it, and he would have ran right by Jimmy Ward and just slowed down. That's just how the play went. So, yes, you're starting to see that a little bit. And I would tend to agree with that, that Elijah Mitchell, while he had an incredible season, there were some plays where he could have hit another hole, hit another gear maybe sometimes, and and had a little bit more. So, yes, I I agree with Kyle on that. And then before we hit record, you told me that the other guy I haven't heard anything about at all. Ty Davis Price actually had a good day. So running backs flashing a little bit. Yeah, he had a better session today. I mean, he had the fumbled pitch. Uh, there was a little bit of indecision. It seems like when he has to run inside, it looks a little bit worse. But when he was hitting on pitches going outside, he actually looked a lot better. So it's kind of funny. Eric Crocker was there at practice today, and he's asking, you know, hey, I haven't been here. What's going on? I was like, well, Ty Davis Price hasn't really played too well at this point. And then Ty Davis Price, like, rips off, like, two or three <laughs> runs. And he's like, he looks good to me. And I was like, well, I'm a damn liar, and there you got me. So, but, yeah, that, that should go to show you that he did have a good session today. Well, that's good. Anybody that can make a liar out of you, I kind of generally support that. Trust um, me, Croc had a good time with it as well. Come on, Croc. On day eight, by the way, I just did his show yesterday. I'm going to put that up tomorrow for everybody. We did like a combination Blue Wire Niners Nation pod. And Croc wasn't there because he was flying to training camp. I felt like he big timed me. I mean, that happens a lot, man. I mean, don't don't feel bad. I mean, he doesn't answer texts like that. I mean, if, <laughs> if anything, if anything, this podcast is going to go from talking about training camps to the fact that like, Croc is big time with some people, man. He's getting a little too big for the small people. Uh, let's see how it is. Blowing up, forgetting about us little people. By the way, if anybody has any questions, feel free. Drop them in the chat. We'll be happy to answer them uh, during the course of the show today. The other thing I want to talk about is the offensive line. Kyle Shanahan was asked a lot about that after practice as well. It seems like Daniel Brunskill is the center, at least for now. Yeah, he is, I think, at this point. I mean, he, again, was up with the first team. There were some inaccurate snaps that happened and that led to them working after practice which is kind of what you want to see and again you want it to happen during training camp remember I think that people underestimate how hard it is to take every single rep at right guard and then just go back to center even if you've played center it at a certain point I, I think that people just say well whatever it's like you know Madden you move them over no no, no. it's it's not as easy as all that so right. they're working through that I don't think that that's necessarily something to be overly concerned about but at the same time they did work on it, and it was a little bit of an issue today with some inaccurate snaps. Like, inaccurate doesn't have to be the ball going over Trey Lance's head. If it's a little bit higher and it's a timing route or something like that, that can throw timing off and allow defenders to get to, to the wide receiver, things like that. So that has to be really perfect, and I think they're working through that. But, yeah, it does look like it's Brunskill's job right now, even though Brendel kind of mixed in a little bit. Still feels like Brunskill is giving every opportunity to win that job. And I love that Trey is working after practice with Brunskill. Like, I feel like everything that you want a franchise quarterback to be, anytime that's presented in front of Trey Lance, he just checks that box. Reaching out yeah. to teammates, check. Being a leader, check. Staying after practice, check. Like he just he's hitting all the boxes here. I'm I'm so encouraged. Yeah, all that stuff that goes with playing quarterback in terms of all those things, you know, being good at press conferences, those things, not being flustered after bad practices, those sort of things. All of those things are there for you as well, too. So, yeah, I mean, there is so much more to playing quarterback than there is on the field. And I think that's especially true for the San Francisco 49er quarterback. And for him to be already kind of in this mode at 22 years old, I think is a really, really encouraging thing. Let's take our first question of the day. This comes from Diego, who's watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Ray Ray McLeod, is he holding on to the ball? And what can Willie Sneed bring to the team? If you don't know, they just signed Willie Sneed. Mm -hmm. I agree with Diego. I am terrified that Ray Ray McLeod is going to fumble the ball on special teams and cost us. What have you seen from him so far? 
He hasn't fumbled the ball yet, but I will tell you this. He had a beautiful comeback route on Charverius Ward that Trey Lance absolutely put a dart right on him. And those are the type of things I get excited about. Everybody likes the downfield passes. And I think we all know that will come and that is there. But when you're able to get on the same page, and it's Charverius Ward, where he's sending Charverius Ward up the field, he stops, comes right back, and the ball's not late. It's right on his chest, and it was a beautiful throw. That was one of the throws you walk away impressed by. Raymond McLeod has been fine this entire time. He hasn't fumbled any balls as long as I've been watching. All right. Well, that's encouraging. As far as Willie Sneed, I don't think he's going to bring a ton. I do think he's a guy that could, you know, he's a very heady player, a very smart player. He could make a heads up play, you know, like just one random third down or something like that, where it's like, oh yeah, Willie Sneed making a good play. But like, that's, I'm not really counting on him for anything. We had a chance to watch him and D.D. Westbrook and another unnamed wide receiver, you know, workout. Their workout was literally right after practice. So while everybody was looking for autographs, they were there. Willie Snead looks sharp. And he's a veteran, I think, at this point. He's just going to be there for a veteran presence in case of injury, things like that. It seems that the 49ers are going to keep five wide receivers. I would I would be really hard-pressed to figure out how Willie Snead cracks the rotation of Ayuk, Jennings, Debo, Ray Ray, and Danny Gray, unless they decide to practice squad Danny Gray, which I, I – don't foresee at this moment might be a possibility, but Willie Sneed is right now here for depth and to be another camp body at this point. And he's a vet. So why not bring him in? I thought he looked really sharp today in the routes that he ran after practice. That would be disappointing if they had to practice squad. Danny, I think so too. I think that, so too. Yeah. I would be troubled by that. Um, let's look at right guard Spencer Burford. Like all of a sudden is the right guard has taken every snap with the ones at right guard. Is this a real thing? It's his job, I think, at this point. I mean, wow. he hasn't missed any session. There hasn't been anybody who's really been filling in. Apparently, Jalen Moore is injured now for a substantial yeah. amount of time, a few weeks now. So you're not going to see him in that, in any capacity with what they're doing with Daniel Brunskill at center. Uh, it's Burford's job at this point. And uh, look, I want to say this. The offensive line did so much. Today was probably their best day as an offensive line. But Kinlaw didn't practice. Bolsa didn't practice. I want to throw those caveats out there at the same time while I'm giving context to why maybe the O-line struggles. At the same time, they did look a lot better. They look a little bit more cohesive. It's, it's Burford's job at this point. There's been no one else who's really been taking those right guard spots on the first team besides him. So it's hard to envision anybody making a move. We've got the two bookends locked in. Looks like Burford's locked in. Oh, Banks and, and center, that might be the only two, but I still think it might be Banks. Really, the only one in question is center at this point. But yeah, it looks like Burford, who had a good date today, has got a stranglehold on this right guard job. It sounds like it's setting up to be what I thought it was going to be when we first sort of started breaking this stuff down, which is left tackle Trent Williams, stud, great. Inexperienced player in Aaron Banks, okay. But then at center, you put somebody like Brunskill or Brendel, a veteran player, and then even if you have an inexperienced player at right guard, you have McGlinchey at right tackle, who, of course, is experienced. So you have veterans flanking every inexperienced person along the offensive line. That makes sense to me, especially when, like, I don't think there's a huge difference skill-wise in a bunch of these guys. So you never want two rookies next to each other, especially with an inexperienced quarterback. I think that's a great call. And if you listen to Kyle Shanahan talk today, he basically said, whoever it is that we have right now that's competing for center, that's it. No J.C. Treader, no Billy Price. That's it. Like, they're not going to someone else. So, mm. for better or worse, it's going to be one of those guys. But I think that's a great point. Like, Aaron Banks being at left guard, who better to have to your left than the best guy in the world, right, you know, right there at right guard, if it's going to be Burford, 
Mike McGlinchey has a grasp on this offense, and he is experienced for better or worse, no matter how you feel about him. I'm not going to get into that whole debate again. But, yes, there <laughs> are. it's good to have experience on both those sides. You know, just one guy has the best at his position on one side. McGlinchey, I, was, I wrote this for Niners Nation yesterday. When I hear him speak and talk, I'm like, I like this guy. He mm-hmm. always says interesting things. He's honest. I love him. And then I watch him on Sundays and I'm like, what are you doing out there? I know he has said he wants to go back to his pre-COVID weight, which worries me a little bit because he did have some issues in pass protection when he was lighter. I thought he was playing very well last year, even when he was hurt. Like he was still holding up. I thought better than he ever has, but he's dropping the weight. Should I be worried? I'm making too much out of nothing. No, I think it's a valid concern. I wouldn't necessarily say worried. I think that he's also stacking practices as well, but he's also filling in and out. Like Colton McKibbitz was in at right tackle today as well, too. So like they're just they're they're taking their time with him. They're being smart, I think, at this point. Being smart because they they know that the goal is to get Mike there for week one, but you also don't want to press your luck in any way. Guys need reps, but certain guys don't. I don't necessarily think he needs the reps, even though it is with a different quarterback, different style quarterback as well. But I think that they're they're going at their pace with Mike. And I, I would say as of right now, I feel like it's a solid plan. Two more questions for you. One, how much do you think that we're going to see the stars play in the preseason? Because Kyle Shanahan has made a big deal about how he does not like that they have three preseason games in 12 days and then 17 days off before the regular season starts. What do you think we're going to see in the preseason? Not too much, I don't think. Mm. I mean, you might Man. see – you might. Yeah, no, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to see – you You might see Trey maybe for one series in that Packers game the most. I think where you're really going to see where this team is at is obviously the dress rehearsal, which would be the, the third game. I think you might see a little bit. But the joint practices are going to be your biggest clue into yes. where this team is at. And that and that's going to be a very good indicator of where they're at because they're going against a different defense. I can give you all the context in the world as to why this, this offense is struggling, how good this defense is. You need to see it against a different, different defense because they won't be facing the 49ers defense every yes. single day that weekend. So I think the joint practice is really going to be where you're going to figure out where this team is. And also, the Minnesota Vikings are not going to restrict what you have to record. So you guys are going to get a good look from the people that will be there in terms of what is there, what's actually going on, as opposed to us trying to tweet while guys are yelling at us about, like, stay off your phone and stuff like that. And remember, last year in the joint practices, the Chargers were mocking Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. So pay attention to what the Vikings say about Trey Lance, about anybody, Charveris, Ward, Ayuk, all these like narratives that have built up. Pay attention to what the Vikings players say, the coaches say, and the Vikings beat writers. You might get some interesting nuggets as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question for you. Lucky Lefty 80 on the YouTube page. How's Jordan Mason looking? I hear good things. Very good things. And today was was one of his limited sessions. I mean, if I'm telling you that Elijah Mitchell was doing so well, Ty, Ty Davis-Price was doing well, today it just didn't seem like he got all of the reps or many reps. But anytime that he's been asked to do anything, whether it's been running the ball or catching the ball, he's been very good. I am going to have a tough time with myself if he doesn't make this 53. I think he's done enough so far to put himself right in the conversation and I'll be one of those people that if he doesn't make it, I'll say, man, what is going on? What are you guys thinking? But I think that Jordan Mason is going to be one of those guys that somehow Shanahan picks up off of, you know, undrafted free agent. And why wasn't anybody else on this? But Jordan mm-hmm. Mason seems to fit that role so far. Shanahan special, baby. I got to throw this up before we go, just because this is blowing my mind. Wow. This person has almost the exact same name as me, Roberto Guerra. What's up? 
Thanks for watching. This is not like, you know, my burner. I promise. It's a um, Spider-Man pointing meme right now, like literally in real life. Exactly. Uh, he does have a question. Any special teams talk? Curious who the return men are. I assume it's Ray Ray and Ayuk. Yeah, they're the ones that are rotating on those sort of things. And and we really can't tell. They're just doing like certain punch drills where they're just shooting that thing off the jugs. And, you know, like so. But, yeah, it's been it's been those two. Well, there you have it, Jason. We thank you very much for the training camp report again. Perfect time to follow the Niners Nation podcast network and the Niners Nation YouTube page. If you aren't already doing so, we will have plenty more reports to come. Travel safe on your journey home. Thank you for everything. And uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon. I don't, we need more than you and Leo. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we'll be able to squeeze one more in there. But yeah, I have one more practice and then it's Dwight Clark Day. But I'll be back on the East Coast and then I'll, I'll be the uh, SpongeBob meme. Or Squidward, he's looking out the window, watching all the other guys cover it, and I'll be back in my East Coast bubble, unfortunately. So it's been a fun time and, uh, you know, something that I don't take lightly or uh, take for granted. That's awesome. You should be very proud of the work you've done. Everybody have a great, great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.